You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on all the major podcatchers and Odyssey as well. Today, my de- guest is Josh Denny. And uh, I know I, I've only been doing this for the few, last few, especially since I got monetized. So my template for my shows has changed up a little bit. Uh, so I'll run you guys through it real quick. Uh, I'm doing live streams now just because I'm chasing that super chat money. Um, this will be available now. Uh, and after this episode, I will, I will friggin, uh, I'll put it as unlisted and I will, it'll basically be mostly only available for my patrons and then anyone who saved the link or whatever. Uh, my patrons also too, I'll give them, I give them a little code out too that where they can, uh, if they want a super chat and they don't actually want to like do a super chat and pay me extra money cause they're already paying, uh, they can do that and I'll, I, I know the little code and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll friggin' read it in the thing. Um, so I just also say, I'll, you know, super chats. If you want me to read your shit, you know, drop a super chat. Uh, today, the, the topic will be basically just getting to know Josh. We're just be kind of talking about him and all that shit. Um, I did want to kind of talk on something real quick. Um, I want to be honest with you guys, let you guys know what's up. Um, and you guys know I'm very against a lot of this like vaccine stuff, but I want to be straight up with you guys. Uh, with one of them, I have a a few jobs and a bunch of different hustles going on. One of them, I very well may need to get the vax and I'm going to be straight up with you guys. If I absolutely have to, I will. I'm going to drag feet, do whatever I can not to, but I'm in a financial situation where I kind of have to. So if that makes me a bad libertarian, I don't give a fuck. You can pay my bills if you have an issue with that. Um, I mean, a lot of you guys know I've been vocal on the show. I've had it already. I mean, I'm also in 30 years old. I'm in good health. I, I don't live with anyone who's immunocompromised or interact with people regularly. So there's genuinely no fucking reason for me to. So it really is irritating. But a lot of you guys know I just got out of active duty military. So I'm in already in a weird financial place where I'm not like able to just be like, well, fuck it. I'll just throw that job to the wayside. So it is what it is. I've already made my little libertarian uh, fucking purity uh, sacrifice this year, if you will. So it is what it is. I have a wife. Uh, I have kids. Uh, the biggest thing is really mostly the medical insurance is the biggest reason why I can't. So, I mean, if you guys really, really, really want me not, not to do it, I mean, fucking go get on my Patreon. If somehow magic you guys can fucking quadruple or quintuple the amount of fucking patrons I have or money I get, then sure, I guess I'll be in a financial place where I can do it. But I, I highly doubt it's going to happen. I'm just being straight up with you all so that, like, I'm while I'm railing on the vaccine, if someone's like, oh, I bet you've had it, yeah, maybe I have at that point. So, But the, just because I do end up getting it doesn't mean I wasn't begrudging or am against it. So whatever. I just want to get be straight up with you guys, let you guys know what's going on. 
Yeah. So, oh yeah. As always, make sure you go check out Top Lobster. Uh, Toplobster.com. He has great artwork. He is the absolute fucking dude. I did want to real quick too, where I just dropped talked about Vax stuff. Apparently, YouTube just recently uh, doubled down on their like Vax stuff when it comes to YouTube. So, I mean, for all I know, this could get pulled because I mentioned it. I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, with that, definitely go check out my Odyssey. And the same thing goes with Tower Power Hour because they literally just had an episode removed, and that's kind of where why we we were like kind of talking about this stuff you know, amongst our, our, ourselves and stuff so anyways i'm gonna go ahead and bring on josh he wasn't just recently on a tower power episode and this is kind of where i was like kind of borderline fell in love with him because that was my favorite uh tower power episode and i fucking love this so you guys haven't seen that episode you should go check it out in my opinion that's the best one uh the best one we've had so far that's like the ideal maybe we could have sprinkled a little bit more big brain time in there because we try to like weave in and out but Honestly, some of the jokes were pretty big brain. They were like some of them. I mean, most of them were pretty dick and fart jokes, but they were they were fun. Um, but yeah, with that, let's go ahead and bring in Josh. What's up, oh, dude? Man. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, glad I like to have that. you. You were like, uh, yeah, there were some smart jokes in there, but mostly, mostly the dick and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I always joke with Tower Power. Like the point of the show is like, because we're all like anarchists, libertarians, and we like to go into theory and stuff. But we also like to have like silly jokes, so we kind of like weave in and out of that. Which I think yeah. partially that's like good comedy is being able to talk on serious or smart topics, but in a funny way. Like, and there's something to that. I mean, you'd know better than I would. You're the comedian. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I, I think part of the problem with a lot of comedy today is they try to force their point of view first mm-hmm. and then do the funny part second. And a lot of, you know, particularly like liberal comics, they just never get to the funny part. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, it, I've always been like, let's just have fun. And if we accidentally make a point along the way, that's great. Yeah, which for us, we're all like, that's our uh, that's our forte. That's where we hang out. We like that stuff. So us having fun, that naturally just comes along with it. Like if we're making silly fucked up jokes that we're going to end up actually making some cogent points along the way <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's interesting too is like I'm, I'm starting to realize like a lot of um a, a lot of comics like there's this sort of like civil war yeah i see you're a big comic fan in the background so that we have kind of like a civil war <laughs> ca- captain america civil war going on in comedy right now where you have sort of the the uh, pro sokovia accords um you know comics who are like govern me harder daddy and you know everybody who doesn't get the vaccine is a problem and and i was like you know what and and they're also the ones that are like pro censorship and there's only so many things you can joke about i was like you know these the dudes that are part of this they don't hang around with a lot of other dudes like you don't see them fucking palling around with the fellas they either spend all their time alone they have like one, maybe one good friend or close friend, or, or they hang around with women all the time. And I was like, oh, when I did Tower Power, I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be with the boys. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to be like when you're hanging out with the fucking boys talking shit. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've always done that. Like, I've, I, I always hang out with the boys and we talk shit. And I was like, I think that's the real difference. But like you look at like Legion of Skanks, that's just hanging out with the boys, yeah, you know? And, and so it's like all the real funny podcasts and shit and and comics are guys who like still fucking hang out and talk shit with the boys and you know the the super woke comics are the ones that are like i'll just stay home alone tonight and read and it's like ew dude what the fuck is your problem (laughs) i mean i do that too but at the same time it's like I mean, like, I also work. I, I, I've, yeah. I, I've been like a, I'm like, I was in the military as a mechanic. Like, this legit. Yeah, thank like, you for your service, by the uh, way. Uh, please don't. 
<laughs> why why not were you just over there blowing guys i mean jesus yeah, i mean I, I we can go into that if you want but i'm a i'm pretty hardcore anarchist i'm libertarian i don't think i did served anyone i get the sentiment so i i, I mean i'm joking here like i never would do that in like an interaction day to day you don't want to be that guy yeah, but, like let but, me tell you what buddy yeah but you, you <laughs> could have died at some yeah. point right yeah so you know that's that i appreciate that like I mean, there, there is some there like, so many, yeah. listen, there are a lot of people who won't even be mildly uncomfortable for the benefit of other people's freedom. Yeah. So whether you feel like you did anything or not is irrelevant. The fact that you were willing to is what you're being yeah. thanked for. Yeah, no, it's like an A for effort. So to some extent, it's like I do think everything I did in effect goes to the opposite of like creating liberty or making a better society. But me eight, 19 years old young dumb and full of cum i was like i'm gonna go kill some motherfuckers because i love my fucking country and like, yeah like i, think I, mean, I don't think lot... it worked out that way <laughs> yeah i think that's why i think that's why a lot of people did it like you know i i graduated 2001 so i had a lot of friends who got either either went active duty or or enlisted after 9 11 and i had yeah that mix of that i had friends who were like i'm just gonna do my time and get my college paid for and then i had other friends who were like i'm gonna kill some fucking hajis <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like the gamut they it ran the full gamut but um you know and then even the guys who were just trying to get their college paid for ended up being deployed and sent over and um you know it's it's an unfortunate uh i think that was an unfortunate situation for a lot of them because i don't think they necessarily uh it was almost like they they thought they'd find a loophole you know to like getting a scholarship or being able to kind of pay for their their schooling and then next thing you know they're thrown right into conflict yeah so, i got i got lucky i get that I not every i get yeah. that not everybody's ecstatic about their service and not everybody is in love with the idea of having served but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't appreciate it yeah, yeah, I get it. There is. I've had episodes where we talk about this. There is something to. There is something admirable in a sense where it's like there's this like warrior spirit of man where like we in, innately want to protect our society. And I just do. I am of the opinion that I don't think you actually end up doing it. I mean, if there ever was a righteous war, then sure, yeah. But we're definitely haven't had any as of late. So well, we're about to. So gear up, my friend. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> oh yeah, we're about, we're government. about to enter into a righteous war right in this country. So yeah, with our own government, maybe hopefully. Yeah, not. that's, we'll that's see. <laughs> likely. That's likely the case. But but the point is, is uh, selfless acts of all kinds should be recognized and appreciated mm -hmm. by people. Like you being a husband and a father is selfless in many ways. And not a lot of people do selfless things, particularly like I don't see it a lot where I live in Los Angeles. I see the opposite where people go out of their way to be as selfish as possible. So I think we need to do a better job as people to like recognize each other for our selfless acts on a daily basis. Like doing something that puts other people in front of yourself is uh, is a noble thing, regardless of the scope. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like I've said, there is something to like man and that that is a admirable essence. I do think it is one of those things when you're young, you don't think it through, but there is definitely, I mean, it would be nice if we had more outlets to be able to utilize this type of behavior among men to where it's actually constructive. It's just usually like most people like go cops or military and both of those I have Mixed my martial arts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we could do that, but I mean, it's not quite the same. I mean, like, yeah. like, like you said, we may get our opportunity to, uh, flex those uh those manly muscles here soon but uh, yeah we need fuck teams is what you're saying jose <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> if i could have joined the fuck team when i was 19 instead of the service i would have yeah fuck team six or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> that's an old reference that's some old porn right there <laughs> yeah
um, so yeah, just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself real quick. Just a quick one, because we'll go into it more. Just so people out there know who you are. I know I didn't. Honestly, I, I genuinely didn't. Now I'm like, shit, this guy's fucking hilarious. You got like 100,000 followers or some shit. So it's like, I'm like, how the fuck have I not heard of this dude? So, But we're, we're going to rectify that today for me and then whoever else is living under a rock too. Yeah, so. man, I'm happy to. I, I'm, a, I'm a stand-up comic. I've been a comedian since 2007. So actually, in uh, I guess in January of this year will be my uh, 16th or 15th anniversary um, doing stand-up. So... Uh, and yeah, I, I've uh, I've done a lot of different stuff. I, I used to have some corporate jobs. I was a director of retail operations for a couple different companies, and then um, in 2013, I was I was fired by a company. Um, I had raised some concerns about something they were doing illegal inside the company that was going to be that that directly affected me. They were they were illegally administering benefits, like preventing people who weren't married from receiving spousal benefits, which was illegal at the time in California. This is pre-universal marriage equality. And, you know, some of the guys I wanted to hire were gay dudes uh, who would have directly been affected by this as well. So I was like, look, man, if I start hiring these people and we're we're not doing this right, we're going to get sued. And it also affects me because, like, I'm in, I, you know, my girlfriend and I have been together for a long time. She's covered under my benefits or should be, and um, we're not married. But that doesn't matter in California. So... I raised that concern with them. And then a week later, they fired me and said that my comedy was the reason uh, that I was, even though this is like before I had any sort of fame or notoriety or anything like that. And everybody knew about it. Nobody had a problem with it. So then I ended up suing that company. And then, uh, you know, like when I got fired from that company, it was the first time I hadn't had a day job, you know, in you know my entire adult life. I'd never been fired from a job before. Uh, even going back to like shitty jobs I had in high school, I'd never been fired from a job so i was kind of out of my ass i started driving uber and just started hitting it really hard doing comedy and and started my own podcast and stuff and that's how the food network found me in 2015 so i started going through the audition process with them filming stuff we filmed the sizzle and then we later uh they ordered a pilot we filmed the pilot they liked it and then we went straight to series and then the show that ended up becoming ginormous food was a pretty big hit in 2017 when it premiered. Uh, it was like one of their highest rated new shows in about a decade. And so they immediately ordered a second season and then, you know, everything was kind of on the upwards trajectory. And then I did that for about a year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, we, we had some sort of falling out with, uh, just the creative direction of the show and kind of what I felt like my contributions were worth versus what they wanted to pay me. And, um we ended up just they ended up not just renewing the contract in fall of 2017 and um and then in spring of 2018 i started to be i wasn't like i started being more opinionated but i finally said something that pissed enough people off to where um i was they attempted to cancel me uh in 2018 and it worked to some extent because it got me dropped by my agents at uta and um you know, just killed all my pitch meetings for new shows and everything else. So I, I sort of started to kind of get on the radar for a lot of people then. It, you know, it was like even after having a wildly successful TV show, you know, it's like it, you think about these numbers, too. You're like, um, oh, man, like five million people watch this show. It's a hit show. And it's like, yeah, out of three hundred and forty million people in the country, like that's less than 5%. That's like one and a half percent of the population. So 
you know, you go through all those things and you think like, oh man, like this is it. I'm on my way. And then you're like, no, you know, like less than 1% of the population still knows who you are. And then when the cancellation shit started in spring of 2018, I think more and more people got to know who I was. And one of the running jokes about me and my career has been, uh, I, I'm very good at pissing people off on the internet and they constantly try to get me fired from that job every time I make them angry. And, uh, and then fast forward to about a month ago, we finally had one that really revved people up um, where I had come out in support of the Texas abortion ban and, uh, you know, made some funny comments in my own sort of hyperbolic way. And the fucking Internet lost their mind. And the Food Network finally, after all these years, made a tweet as sort of distancing themselves from me and saying, you know, we don't agree with his views. We've scrubbed everything he's ever done with us. And we regret having ever given him a platform. So. You know, in in to summarize in one sentence, I am the most canceled comedian in the history of the internet for people who don't know who I am. Just repetitively get canceled from the same fucking uh, job or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 22 people are like, no, he didn't get fired for this. He got fired for the, the tweets in 2018. It's like, I was never fired, man. We just, it happens all the time where, you know, what happens is they, they get unknown talents like me and they try to pay a shit forever. And if you're smart and you have good people around you and your show does very well, you're not going to keep working for shit. And, uh, you know, I had a business background before I, I was in entertainment. So I understand contracts and I understand, you know, I, I understand how to sort of negotiate and leverage what your worth is. And I also know that nobody's ever going to fucking give you more than you ask for and more than you demand, because that's how the pimps in the world survive. So. You know, I kind of drew a hard line in the sand and said, listen, I'm I'm basically writing the entire show, I'm providing a significant amount of creative direction of the show. I have no ownership. I get no royalties and I don't even get a producer credit on the show. So we got to do something to make it right. You either got to up my hosting money or you got to give me some credit for all the creative shit I'm doing on the show. And uh, they didn't want to do either of those things. So. And at the same time, they're like saying like, hey, if you could be less out vocal on Twitter, or you know, less controversial with your comedy stuff that you put out there, that'd be great. And I was like, no problem. Pay me more money for that. Like <laughs> the whole reason I took the show was because I wanted to grow my career as a comedian, not uh, not fucking stop doing comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fat Dave from Top Power. It's those uh, pesky fucking n words they found. They dropped on the table. And go, I, I know. Well, I, and that's what's funny <laughs> about being canceled is they, you know, they. I said in 2018, the thing that revved everybody up was I said straight white males become this century's n word, and I was basically saying there's, you know, the way people talk about white today is exactly how people talk about black people in the 50s and 60s, and um, it's not any different today than it was back then. And uh, it's, it, you know, attempting to dehumanize people that you disagree with or don't like. And, um, you know, so then what they do is they go back and they find every time you've ever said something mean in your comedy and they go, this is him being racist. The one I always remember, too, is uh, when they were like uh, they went back and they found all these old jokes and one they didn't even they don't even like understand the context. Like, do you remember the, the Comedy Central show at midnight? It brings a bell. Brings a bell. Yeah, so the, At Midnight was like one of the first shows that came out that sort of was like a Twitter tweet-along show. So they would have these topics, and you would like hashtag and then write like put your own joke. And then sometimes they would put them up on the show. It would also help some people get booked on the show. So like when I would watch it along, I, and I, if I have funny jokes that I would throw in, 
with their hashtags. And so one of their hashtags was worst Powerball winners. And so I tweeted a joke when that came out that said, uh, first thing I do is buy back all the freed slaves, right? Because the concept of this joke is like, what's the worst thing you could do if you won the lottery? So that's the premise. And then these people are literally taking that tweet with no context and going, he wants to buy back all the freed slaves. Can you believe this man? And it's like, you can't, you just can't rationalize with these people. They're fucking retarded. I mean, as long as you provide them with a good life, I'm sure they'll work well for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Just got to keep morale up. You know, they'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> Listen, I'll throw some nets around the buildings in case they start to get a little sad and try to throw themselves out. This way, you know, we can keep them in. Yeah. No, yeah, it's I, funny. I, I, I love it. I love that American black slavery is the only slavery that we're uncomfortable with. Meanwhile, everybody has no problem with the Chinese children that make their fucking cell phones, right? Yeah. No, yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's so silly too, because to like to touch on the the white woman fucking shit we were getting at earlier, and how bitches ruin everything. Like, dude, my best friend in the world is a black dude, and we say the most fucked up shit to each other. Horrible. The most fucked up. We don't give yeah. a shit. It's like, I, it, like I sent them the other day, and it was like, it was like a video of like. Uh, uh, me uh, when I'm when I'm losing a a, a, a debate to a, a black man, it's like we're gonna talk about slavery. Is one of the videos, yeah. and he doesn't give a shit. Like he'll That's send stuff back to me too. I mean, there's not really any good white jokes, so he doesn't really have much to come back at me with. But we we'll, we don't give a fuck. Like most people that like in real life don't give a shit. Obviously, if some random black dude you don't know probably don't drop random racist jokes because i don't think he's gonna be cool with it because he doesn't fucking know you like that yeah but that's but, about but that's not just about black people that's about yeah, anybody you don't yeah. don't make like wild jokes around anyone you don't know very well like in a, in a social setting but like yes you know being a comedian is completely different if i'm on stage and you bought a ticket then it's on you to do your fucking research not me i was invited yeah. here to do what i do and and sometimes that's be fucked up yeah, if your feelings are hurt, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, that's why I never understood. Like, when you know, I don't know if you remember when the Daniel Tosh thing happened. Some girl was in the audience. He was making a joke about rape, and yeah. she was like, "That's not funny." And then he said to the audience, "Like, wouldn't it be funny if like five dudes raped her right now?" <laughs> like, he's obviously riffing and he's being silly. And then she went home and blogged about it, and it was this whole fucking thing. And he fucking apologized because he had oh. a job he didn't want to lose. And you know, and then it's funny. It's like. All these comics who basically made their career being edgy and shit have now gone like full pussy and they're basically closing the gate behind them because they've already made their money. And it's like, you know, people like Sarah Silverman, all you know, David Cross, you know, David Cross literally had a bit on his uh, on one of his albums where he, the whole setup is just like, do you know what I really hate is uh, niggers? And it's like, obviously, he's not being serious, right? He's saying, what is the worst fucking thing I could have said in that moment? And it gets this huge laugh and applause. <laughs> and now David Cross behaves like a guy who never did that kind of material. It's just so yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I think he did. Didn't he? I swear he did like a free. Maybe it wasn't the case. I think he did like a free speech thing with uh, fucking uh, Dave Smith once. And they were arguing about whether they should be. Like or maybe it was some other thing, but anyways, yeah, no, he has gotten so fucking milk toast. But I think it's gonna show in the long run. These people, like, no one really likes these people anymore. I know they no. do have their following, but it's like I guess it is like they made it, but it's like you're not gonna continue to make it, and you're just creating fertile ground for the next group to come along. Like we talked about Tower Power Hour like earlier. Uh, we have blown up, and I'm mean, joking around. I'm not saying we're gonna become Sarah Silverman or some shit little big. I don't even think we're even really, probably. I mean, maybe one day we'll be big. But my point is. The explosion of like we were like 30 episodes deep and they're already almost a couple thousand subs, which is 
nuts for a fucking uh, podcast like that, especially since we're not even that good at comedians. We're just idiots. And yeah. like, so it's like blew our mind that we grew this quickly, but it's like, we also don't have these faux pas. Like we don't give a shit. And yeah, so you're serving, like that, you know? yeah, you're serving something where there's pent up demand. And honestly, the whole explosion of the podcast world is that it's like that people want that uninhibited, you know, dudes talking shit vibe of comedy. Um, so, you know, it's like, I, I do think that that the podcasting space is kind of filling that void for a lot of people. That's why the biggest shows are Legion of Skanks and Tim Dillon. And, and that's probably why you guys are seeing this massive growth with your channel, because people would rather watch five dudes sit around and say fucked up shit than listen to some fucking woke comedian, try to convince them to agree with them on stage. Yeah. All right. I got a super chat. I don't know what the fuck this amount of money is. I think that's like that's five, five pounds, dude. It's yeah, pounds. You don't know pounds? I, I don't know what the fuck that means. It's a, <laughs> some weird Latin letter or something there. Got any favorite British comedians? Frankie Boyle and Jimmy Carr are great for offensive, messed up jokes. Pretty sure Frankie got banned off the BBC. I don't know who any, either of those people are, but I genuinely don't. You don't know either of those guys? Oh, man. Yeah, you got to no. check them out. They're great. Jim, first of all, Jimmy Carr is like the, the one of the best one-liners and one of the best sort of roast comics. I was amazed that they put him on roast battle here in the States, but I guess in America, he's not very well known. He's massive in the UK and he kind of went away for a little bit. Cause I think he served time for not paying his taxes over there in England. That's based, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, and then, uh, and then Frankie, I'm less familiar with, but yeah, Frankie Boyle's been canceled off of everything. The question is, do who are my favorite British comedians? One of my favorites is Jade Adams. She did a, special like right Sounds that like was put name. on amazon right <laughs> after the um the start of the pandemic and it was basically like a, a a takedown of all woke specials it's called serious black jumper and it's funny because when i first started watching it i was like oh no this is going to be like another woke fat chick and then you realize no she's shitting on all of the woke feminist you know, liberal women and, and not just women, but people in general who take themselves way too seriously. And it ends up being a really, really great uh, special. And then, of course, Ricky Gervais, I think, is one of the best of all time. Yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, Rogue Liberty Potty has his own podcast. Go subscribe to him. He's one of my homies. He's actually what got me into podcasting. I don't remember his handle. It's like at Rogue Liberty or something like that. But it's that little picture you're seeing there. So definitely go follow him. He's good shit. Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore unless you send me more money. Okay. Just letting you know, bro. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I do like that. He had to let you know. He's like, it's actually worth more than $5. So <laughs> yeah, we're now better than you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They, they always have been, uh, as far as their currency is concerned. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever. It's all made up nonsense, but now I got to go take that money and then I got to go convert it. It's just no Thanks, man. You made it, made a hassle for me for five bucks. What the he, fuck? He gave you work. <laughs> That typical fucking Americans not wanting to work for their money. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought up what the fuck. Uh, I guess we'll bring it up. N U K E Britain. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I get. I think the uh, benefits outweigh the cons there, so I might be for that. You know, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, and then I'm Fat not... Dave. Fat Dave asks, "Who's the funniest ginger comic?" Does anyone even need to ask that question? It's obviously uh, it's either between Bill Burr or Louis C.K. It's about preference. Yeah. Dude, those are um, both great I, comedians. And I would li- I would give it to Louie over Bill just because I think Bill's gotten a little woke and pussy for me too now. So yeah. he has gotten a little bit more. And then something about like masturbating in front of women just makes it way funnier. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, none of them like, told him he couldn't. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, what you know for you know it's amazing for a, a slice of our society that constantly bitches about not having on enough autonomy. They sure love to be fucking infantilized when it serves them, don't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just a delicate girl. I don't know how to say things to stand up for myself. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Like if I say, hey, can I jerk off in front of you? And you just go, uh, 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 or go, yeah. I'm like, I, okay, well, I don't really know what to tell you there. I wish, like, okay. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time when they were voting on could, could women uh, vote or not. And I wish I could just go in with like a big screen TV and be like, if if a woman can show us how to change the inputs on this television, then they can vote. And if not, back into the kitchen with you. And we would have avoided all of these problems. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm giving Top Lops another one just because I love him. How funny would be CK holding his junk the same way Pryor holds a mic? <laughs> I don't remember how Pryor <laughs> held the mic, to be honest with you. I, I remember Pryor back in the day, but I don't recall how, yeah, how he distinctly held the mic. So. Yeah, it would be funnier. It, he held it kind of like a homosexual. Oh. And it turns out he <laughs> turns out he was, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't um, remember who he was fucking. It was somebody. Yeah, and, and even funnier would be if, uh, if he set himself on fire trying to light it, Top Lobster, just like Pryor. <laughs> uh let's back up uh get a little more serious i want to do i touched on the uh vac stuff earlier and we could you also touched too about how like uh the fucking the the white man is a new black man or whatever but now it's coming back full circle and now like you know the the new white man is the unvaxxed and you know unvaxxed are ironically mostly black people so you know yeah isn't it wild that now blm is protesting the government for vaccine mandates it's like isn't it amazing that there's there's this the government has found a way to create this fucking utopia where BLM and conservative America are now on the same team fighting against a tyrannical government. Yeah. But the key is there too. And we got fucked up with the whole like a uh, 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 fucking what a uh, fentanyl homeboy or whatever his name was. I forget all that stuff way back in the day. But it, I, I do think whenever there is a worthy cause where you can unify with someone, you should. But the problem is a lot of times I think our kind gets caught up in the movement and the hype of it. And then whenever they things start going bad, they they're very hesitant to do jump ship. Cause like once they started like destroying fucking businesses and fucking people out, that should have been like, ah, nah, nah, not so much now, man. You know what I mean? Well, that like, just, shows you how entrenched, that, yeah. it just shows you how entrenched people are in their tribes. I mean, and that, you yes. know, there's, I have as many gripes with the right as I do with the left. Like, you know, the right has this weird sense of puritanism that drives me fucking nuts where they're just like, could you not curse on our show? And I'm like, suck my dick. What are we talking about? Like, you can't be a free speech person and then be, wag your finger at me because I say fuck. Like, yeah. you know, and, and this idea of it's it just I, I grew up being sort of a classic liberal because I hated how much the right wanted to invoke religion into government. And now mm -hmm. um, on the left, government aims to place religion in people's lives. The, the government wants to step in and tell you what your morals are and what's right and what's wrong and what you're allowed to do. And what the limitations on your freedom should be. And so I think uh, I think both extremes are really wrong in a lot of ways. Um, I think our government should be limited to municipality and upholding some sense of law and order and morality. And that's it. Everything else should be people's personal responsibility and handled on a state to state uh, basis. Yeah, and with this left and right thing, what they do is like this yo-yo thing where like there'll be a period of time of like five to ten years where like one side is better and then, then it goes back. Because, I mean, you're probably what, like uh, you graduated at once. You're like eight years older than me-ish. You're probably 38. Like th 38. Yeah, I'm 30. 38. So like 
I know growing up, it the right was shit. Like, and yeah. now, like, the right is actually yeah. The right dope. was trying like, to get like books yeah. banned and music fucking banned, and the, you know the right was the religious right was who tried to blame Marilyn Manson for Columbine and not shitty fucking parenting and schools and you know. So the, yeah, the right. I grew up in the generation I grew up. The the religious right specifically was the fucking worst part of government. And, you know, but then there weren't there wasn't this insane collectivist sort of socialism push on the left. The left was more now what I think libertarian center is. And and um, and now the left in politics has gone so far the other way. And I think a lot of the people on the right have sort of left the church off to the side and are focused more on individuality and, and that type of thing. So it's almost like, you know, the pendulum of what's libertarian has gone from being pretty left to now being pretty right. And so you find I find that I, I have more in common with people on the right today than I did 20 years ago. Yeah, um, and 10 years from now, it'll be the opposite, probably. You could know? be. So, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the problem with a pendulum is it inevitably is going to swing back the other way. And so the concern is, you know, I don't that, that's the one thing I don't like about the idea of splitting the country in two, because I don't want this sort of Gilead uh, super conservative religious right country like that. I, I, we want. You know, I think most people want to be fucking left alone by their government. And that isn't anyone's objective on either side, no. you know? And so it's sort of like, uh, it's it's a scary idea because when you look at both extremes, they're both, to me, equally unappealing. Yeah. If we're going to touch on secession, I do think, I, I understand, I am actually not a fan of formal secession because I think that I would much rather we kind of start doing more stuff like, uh, where people just kind of sort of disregard it to some extent to where just like, you know, kind of like Florida right now, where it's kind of like Florida in a lot of ways is not going along with the, the, the rest of the country. And so they're kind of doing their own thing. So it's like, yeah, they're not their own country, but they're kind of to some extent, it's almost a borderline informal secession. But even if well, we it's not even a secession, secession, they're just they're literally drawing a DeSantis is drawing a line in the sand and saying you're overstepping what the reach of the federal government is. And we're just not going to agree with you. And we're not going to let the, the this is what people don't realize. And this is why DeSantis is such a fucking boss. DeSantis is just doing what he's empowered to do as a governor of a state. And every other governor wants to get into the Senate where they can stay forever or try to make it to the presidency that, you know, you can't stay governor forever. You can stay a senator and for 70 fucking years. So these people are the reason that these governors, for the most part, lay down for the federal government is because they they want to be welcomed into the federal government at some point. But governors have executive power equal to the president for their state. So DeSantis is just going, yeah, you don't have jurisdiction on this, so you can suck my dick. And every yeah. other governor could do that. They just don't. The irony of it, too, is that like the the pussies like I don't want him to run for president uh, at all. I actually think it'd be an awful president. I think he's a much better governor. But the irony of the situation is by him having balls here, it actually makes him more likely to have a seat at the table in a federal type position. than it Well, does, the, the smartest yeah. thing he could do, the smartest thing he could do is run as Trump's vice president. Because and here's and here's where I went back and forth on that, because like after Trump, I was like, listen, we got to got to reinvent the right party away from Trump because there's just too much of a stain on him. And, you know, you've got to take away this stick that they're going to beat you with. 
that he's uh, he's a lunatic and he's a racist and everything else. Just I was it was almost like find a more digestible candidate. And then I saw what they did to Larry Elder in the California recall where they literally started. I was like, what's next? Are they going to call this black guy a white supremacist uh, supremacist? And then fucking front page of the L.A. Times, Larry Elder is the white the black face of white supremacy. And so I went, OK, there is no find a less stained candidate than Trump. Now it's almost like you got to go the other way where you got to have a guy who's going to go on stage and go, you're fucking the country and you can suck my dick, Joe, because we've gotten to that point where you need somebody who is literally going to kick the fucking door down. I, I said this when I got uh, when they tried to cancel me again last month, but people are like even people on the right were like, we agree with your sentiments about abortion, but it's you know, it's your delivery. It's your language that we have an issue with. And I go, listen, sometimes you need a scalpel. And those guys on the right are Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder, and they all make very salient points, and they're all well-researched, and they do all their homework. But you also need a fucking sledgehammer sometimes, somebody who's just going to bash their way through the goddamn door and worry about the damage later, because getting through is more important than anything else. And uh, I think I'm one of those guys as a comedian, and I think Donald Trump is the only fucking sledgehammer left in the world of politics. And so while DeSantis might be more mentally stable, more uh, intellectually introspective, more calculated, any of those things, he'd be better suited to go in as a, a vice president under Trump because you're going to need that fucking sledgehammer in the election. You're going to need the guy that's just going, you're ruining the country. Like, you can't sit up there. And, this is where Larry Elder went wrong. Larry Elder went wrong by saying like 62% of 17% of the students in Los Angeles County read below a, a third grade. Le no one cares about the numbers, bro. Stop talking about the numbers. You literally need to go on stage and go, this treasonous motherfucker is running this country into the ground. And then that's going to, that's going to whip up the votes. And then you put a guy like DeSantis or I like Tulsi Gabbard as well. You put one of them in the cabinet below you so that if Trump dies in his next term after getting elected, that person could potentially serve almost 10 years or more. Like if I think if he makes it past his second year, if the vice president were to take over, uh, you know, if he passed away or something, they could refill out or finish out those two years and run for two more consecutive terms. So I do think that at, while DeSantis might be the best, the best overall candidate. Uh, I think Trump is still the most electable and you have to go look, the Democrats were smart in that they went with their most electable candidate, which was Joe Biden, um, not necessarily their most popular or best candidate. And that's really what the right has to concede to is whether you like Donald Trump or not, he's the most electable candidate by far. Yeah, well, the thing with Trump is uh, he, he kind of shook things up. I think uh, a lot of people got set and I kind of touched on it earlier, how like, you know, uh, I think DeSantis actually has more of a seat at the table in the federal type thing because of the fact, fact he's so, he has such big balls, whereas people are so, fucking used to like people playing along with what they're supposed to and uh i did uh, it's kind of the same thing with tower power with uh like we've have a thing you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well anyways i was calling current because i was told they could help get my brand set up on tiktok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current.
<laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. That we always say is always double down. Reed, one of one of the fellow uh, members of Tower Power, Reed Coverdale, he shared something a while ago. It was like a quote from Davy Crockett. It was like, "Make sure you're right, then go ahead," which was like an old. He said it's like an old timey to always double down, which is actually adds more to the double down. Which I think this is what DeSantis has that Trump has. Is DeSantis is more is more often correct, whereas Trump will just double down but not have that being right to back right. up. If you're right and you know you're right. Fucking double down and go fucking hard because I know a lot of people want to like bow and be like, oh, you know, do the like the respectable thing. But if you just double down, people will respect you more. Yeah, but and the so biggest the biggest thing the right agrees on is that the left doesn't live in reality. So you need a presidential candidate who is at least going to step into that fucking matrix and call out that the, what they're saying isn't real and that they're not living in reality and that they're destroying the country. They're ruining America. They're killing everything this country stands for. And, um, you know, it's I, I said this about Tulsi's campaign when she was running. I was like, I'll stop doing everything I'm doing, you know, for the next uh, whatever years to help work on her campaign in some regard, because I believed in her so much as a candidate. Still do. I still think she's great. Um, but I'd say the same thing for Trump. I think part of the problem with Trump's people is that they continuously try to, like, give him factual talking points or whatever. And it's like, don't. Don't even worry about it because the people that love him don't care about whether or not they, they're accurate. He's accurate. They care about that. He's telling the truth. And so mm -hmm. and, and in that perspective, the truth isn't data and facts and statistics. It's, you have to speak to how they feel. Yeah. And that's all that matters. They don't care about the data. They don't care about how many people died. They don't care about any of that. They want you to resonate what they're talking about and what they feel is that everything we were told this country was, we were promised we would have, not, and I'm talking about entitlements or any of that, I'm talking about freedoms. Everything that they promised us growing up is being destroyed and deleted. And so you can either decide you're going to let that happen or you can elect somebody who's going to put a fucking stop to it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not a big fan of the facts and, and none of the facts, but the, uh, the, the charts and graphs and all that. I don't think that's useful in today's situation. But there is definitely, I think if you are bombastic and doubling down and also correct, it gives you that extra oomph. Whereas I think a lot of times Trump would be bombastic, but then there's a good chunk of the time where he had nothing. There'd be times he just was completely off base. And it was just like, but he's just doubling down, which don't be wrong. Right. That would still be entertaining when he's calling fucking but I think wife some of that, shit. I think some of that <laughs> is because people were trying to steer him. And yeah. they were going, Donald, you need to talk about this. These are this is these are the facts. These are the data. They're trying to fight the battle on the left's terms. And the left doesn't give a fuck about Donald could show up with goddamn. Do you remember the one where he showed up? He had the papers in his hands. He's like, look, I got the data right here. I got the paper. They were like, just give him the papers and let him read. And he did that. The woman didn't give a shit. The woman interviewing did, did care. Yeah. He's like, I got all the facts. They gave him. The, I have a binder with all the facts. They don't give a shit, man. They hate the guy. They're going to call him right. He could literally suck a black guy's cock on national TV and they'll they'll the the media will present it as an act of white supremacy. You know, it's like it, it's there's there's no reality to what they're doing. So you just need the biggest fucking battering ram. And, and there's nobody that's a bigger battering ram right now than Donald Trump. And they need yeah. to his people, his handlers need to back the fuck off him and let him batter. You know what I mean? Like, stop trying to feed him talking points. Just let him go. Let him go. You know?
Let him call the president a motherfucker and watch him win a hundred million votes uh, in the next election because that's what people feel. There, there isn't a single person I've met who's on the right or who's even libertarian who feels a little lukewarm about what's happening right now. People are fucking pissed. Yeah, like uh, most of the veterans I'm talking to are literally like, "Yeah, we're just waiting for the call on when it's time to fucking take this shit over." Yeah, just and there's no one really leading that charge. Yeah, which I mean, to what we started earlier, and we kind of went off the thing. I kind of want to get your thoughts on like the vaccine stuff because I mean, shit, they just like are they're getting ready in New York to fire a bunch of fucking uh, medical workers, and it's just it's wild. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, we don't have to get into the fucking the facts and shit of like whether you should or shouldn't, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like your I think it's kind of your choice to some extent, yeah. and you know, so it's just listen. It's it's a, for me. It's as simple as this. We've already the the data proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that getting vaccinated or not being vaccinated or not being vaccinated has no bearing on whether or not the virus can be transmitted from you or to you. Right. So if the if the vaccine is little bearing, but very little. Yes. But hardly. Right. I mean, or else there would be way less breakthrough cases than what we're experiencing or seeing. Okay, so if there is no it would sort of be it would be like if they told you that, like. Uh, well, condoms uh, actually uh, don't protect you from disease and they don't prevent you from getting another person pregnant. Would you use them? No. And would the government mandate them? Probably not. So this idea and this whole thing has become politicized. Don't think for a second that vaccine mandates are anything other than the belief that most of the unvaccinated are Trump supporting conservatives. And this is an attempt to dehumanize them legally in society. And take away rights. I mean, when people have said that vaccine mandates are the new Jim Crow, they're not lying. It's literally about taking a perceived lesser than human being in our society and limiting and restricting their freedoms. That's exactly what Jim Crow was about. So, you know, it's uh, it's absolutely the opposite of what America is supposed to be. And listen, I don't care if people are pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. I, I've been pretty clear with my fans and listeners and stuff about why I'm not getting it. You know, I, I had uh, I came down with celiacs after the last time I had COVID. I've had COVID three times. I've never been hospitalized once. Um, and the last time I had it, I came out and I started having these crazy allergic reactions and I couldn't figure out what it was from. And then eventually I found out it was wheat. And I think I've always had like a mild gluten intolerance in my life. It's part of the reason why I never drank, because if I drank beer or whatever, it would uh, fuck my stomach up really bad. But I always assumed that was just the alcohol. I never thought it was uh, the wheat. And so um, coming out of it now, if I have like like yesterday, I ate, I ordered a, a gluten free pizza. But I ordered it from Pizza Hut where there's probably loads of cross-contamination of them touching flour and then touching other ingredients. And then that shit gets on your gluten-free pizza and it's basically not gluten-free. And you can kind of see this on my eye, dude. My whole fucking face, red, broke out, everything else. So if getting COVID uh, attacks your spike proteins in a way that can create a permanent everlasting change to your immune system and give you an autoimmune condition, um why the fuck would i want to run through that again with a vaccination which essentially simulates the spike protein irritation of covid and and find out oh no now i have lupus now i have another autoimmune disease or an enhanced version of what i already have to where maybe i don't break out in the face the next time i get exposed to flour maybe i go into anaphylactic shock and fucking choke to death so 
for me, it's just, it's a risky proposition period to, to poke my immune system in that way. And I, I'm just not going to do it, but I don't, that doesn't mean that other people that don't have those kind of conditions shouldn't, or maybe they have other medical conditions, but it should be everyone's fucking freedom. It should be their choice. Yeah. It doesn't affect anybody else. Uh, it has no effect on another person's health, whether or not you choose to be vaccinated or, or not. That's, that's been proven unequivocally. So yeah. it, for it to be mandated is insane. Yeah, and it's just so silly. Like, and I get irritated where it's this becomes this binary thing of vaxxed or unvaxxed or, or or anti-vaxxer. Like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, quote unquote. Like, I'm just 30 years old. I have no reason why I would need to. I've had it already. Like, there's no like even if I didn't have it already, I'm in. You're just looking at the numbers. I'm in good health. This would be something. If anything, it's a better thing for me to get it and get the uh, the natural immunity than to go through the thing. But now, if say I. Like, say the numbers are a little bit different. Say if the vaccine had been shown to be a little bit more efficacious. And say I live back home with my my stepdad, who's a little bit older and better health, or or with my sister who has lung issues. Uh, I maybe, I, I probably would at that point get vaccinated. But in my current situation in Florida, where I have an, an, a nine-year-old and 11-year-old child and my wife, who's like a year younger than me, there's and that's the people I interact with the most day, or, or men who are in their 30s is who I work with. Uh, it's like, why the fuck would I, there's no reason to like, yeah. You know? And the, the other thing, dude, is like the, this never should have been called a vaccine in the first place because it really isn't like vaccines historically give you a bit of the virus and train your body to fight and kill the virus. Uh, these don't do that. They simulate to the immune system, what the virus does. And so it's like, it, it is slightly different in that it doesn't kill the virus, obviously, because you can still transmit it if you've been vaccinated and if the other person has been vaccinated so um you know it's it's pretty insane to me that um of how much this has been politicized and how much it's been just sort of like they have marketed this thing into being something that it's not and convinced a tremendous portion of the population that it does something that it doesn't do and so so much of what people are fighting back against is uh is based on shit that is not even true about the vaccine yeah, and they've really removed all nuance whatsoever from the discussion, or at least, at least when I say they, I mean you know the 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 powers that be or whatever. But like, you talk to the so-called anti-vaxxers, and most of them aren't really anti-vax. Like, no, I mean, like they're not. They're just like, well, this is a little nuts no. If if it was stuff. a true vaccine, and and like you said, if the efficacy reflected, even if it performed like a real vaccine in terms of efficacy, um you know, then I would go, all right, well, maybe there's some legit, like, maybe there's something to look at there. We should, and we should encourage people to do it unless they have some sort of, um, you know, medical situation or exception where it changes that. And this is what's amazing. What bothers me the most is the pro-vax people, particularly on the left, they don't believe there's any condition that prevents you from being vaccinated. And, and it just shows you how little they actually know about health and medicine. But I'll give you two examples. One is um, one is Guillain-Barre, which some of the vaccines have created in people. But Guillain-Barre is an autoimmune condition that attacks your central nervous system like a virus. And so essentially it turns your immune system against your central nervous system. People that go through bouts of Guillain-Barre attacks, uh, they get Bell's palsy. Half their body could get paralyzed. They could lose their ability to walk forever. I mean, it's a pretty catastrophic onset immune condition another one that is uh problematic a similar thing is papular urticaria 
Pabular urticaria is when your body reacts to bug venom or anything that enters the bloodstream like infectious disease. And so you could literally get an IV. Some of these people have adverse reactions to IVs where something enters the bloodstream and the body thinks it's poison and attacks it uh, like an infection. And then, uh, and then a lot of times people who have papular urticaria also develop chronic MRSA, which means every time they have the slightest infection or something that their body interprets as an infection, they have a medically resistant staph infection as a response. So these people could literally get injected with the COVID vaccine on a Friday and need their arm amputated by fucking Sunday morning because of how their body responds to stuff that enters the blood. So um, those are two conditions that people that are very close to me have to deal with that make them biologically unable to receive a vaccine. Their doctors have given them notes about the vaccine. These mandates do not allow for any of these medical fucking exceptions. And so you can imagine when the when the uh, anti-abortion bill came out in Texas and they said, yeah, there are no fucking medical exceptions. There are no rape exceptions. There was a part of me that was like, good, fuck you people, because you guys don't think there's ever a medical exception to not be vaccinated. So now this state is enforcing their fuck you and not letting you have any exceptions to what they think is morally right. So it's like it's just fighting fire with fire. But it's amazing to me how quickly people get hypocritical about their own principles when it just doesn't fit their agenda yeah no and it's funny too you you were touching on how like how people react to this like uh toad uh one of the dudes on tower power hour he is getting ready to pretty much lose his job due to this um he's i know i said earlier in the episode that i can't i mean he's in a little bit of a different situation where he's and listen i understand guy. that dude yeah. i understand and i'll tell you you know that's why they're doing this so that guys yeah. like you who don't have a choice don't have a choice they're taking yeah. away your choice <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it sucks, but I mean, we're at a point now, honestly, man, where the only way it's going to change is if, if fucking militias roll tanks through Washington. I mean, we're beyond, they've already proven that you can't win an election. They're going to steal the elections. They're going to, you know, they're going to change the uh, internet laws that break down your ability to transmit information that fights the narrative. I mean, we're literally, we are in an oppressive totalitarian state. And the only way that that's going to change is domestic terrorism. <laughs> I mean, I think there might be other the ways. Harsh rea- the, it's a harsh reality. Really something it, there. It's, the only, it's the harsh reality. I mean, I mean uh, you know. I'm not saying do that, but I'm not saying don't listen, do that either. I'm not saying people should do it either, and I'm not even saying I want it. I'm yeah. saying that history has shown us that, that, listen, they considered the Boston Tea Party domestic terrorism. Right. So, you know, the only way is going to be with some sort of forceful overthrow of our government. That's the only way it's going to change now. What's up, Reed? I hollered at you earlier. <laughs> I gave you a little plug. Uh, but yeah, no, I wanted to, t- I was mentioning with Toad, uh, fucking, he is getting ready and he's a little bit of, he's in a different situation. He's a single guy. He's, I mean, I don't know his financial situation, but I assume he probably has a little bit more money set away. So he's in a different situation where he's more flexible than I am. And he's just going to bite the bullet and he's going to be like, fuck you. Um, yeah. And I respect that. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm all for, I, I put out a tweet the other day that was like, uh, do not comply in all caps. And I put a little asterisk, you know, like you see in books. And then I put a little like asterisk and I put like, if you can handle it or whatever, like if you're in a situation in which you can do it or whatever. So like, and I'm not, he is. And I, I fully support him. And I think anyone who can should not comply and say, fuck you. You know, like, you know, you should not do that, essentially. 
And yeah. that's what he's doing. But my point I was getting at is he legit has said he went to his doctors to try to get a medical exemption, and they wouldn't give it to him. He's had, I guess, uh, I don't know his entire medical history, but he's had strokes, and he's had seizures before. And he's kind of like, hey, uh, you know, this is like a new thing in the market. This could have medical issues. I clearly have other medical stuff. He's had COVID already, so he has national immunity. So it's like, why would I take this risk? Like, can I get some sort of a medical exemption? And even then the doctors are like, nope, there's no reason why you should get a medical exemption for this. Like, they wouldn't, weren't willing to give him one, which is well, insane one of the prime. Yeah, man. And one of the primary pushbacks I have against abortion, one of the things that helped push me over the line to being pro-life from being pro-choice, which I was most of my, my young years, was uh, abortionists don't even aren't even fighting the battle to have stem cells uh, legalized in the United States, stem cell treatments. Like if you want stem cell injections that are uh, large enough to have a medical impact on your body, you have to go to Panama or you have to go to the UK. You can't get it here in America. So it's like the one primary medical benefit to doing abortion would be... Um, stem cell research and the utilization uh, utilization of stem cell treatments and no one is pushing the fda to approve that or to authorize that so to me it's like you can't even adhere to the idea that this is there's a scientific benefit or a population benefit and the only reason that the fda will not approve the usage of stem cell injections in the united states is because it was it would bankrupt surgeons surgeries would go away for arthroscopic things like cartilage degeneration and uh, MCLs and ACLs and those types of reconstructions. I mean, essentially there are guys who have torn a, a meniscus and had a stem cell injection and not needed surgery. The meniscus has reattached itself and grown even stronger and thicker than it was before it was torn. And particularly for people who don't have all the way tears like clean tears, one step one localized stem cell injection can not only repair that ligament but make it stronger than it was in the first place and so um it's it's insane to me that the people on the left don't even want to discuss that when it comes to like well why are you pro-choice what are potentially some of the medical benefits of being pro-abortion they can't even speak to them and they don't even know that the primary medical side effect of aborting fetuses would be harvesting stem cells for the the to save or, or to help the health of other people. That's never been a fucking thing that a pro choice person has raised to me and said, there actually are medical benefits to creating some inventory of mesenchymal stem cells. So uh, it's, it's insane to me how, how separated from reality people are. And they're so entrenched in their beliefs. They don't even seek to, to support their own beliefs with facts or data or anything else. It goes back to what I said about Trump. It's like, we're at the point now where you can't win on logic. You got you just have to be the bigger battering ram. Yeah. Uh, Naturalist Capitalist is Reed Coverdale. You guys should follow him on Twitter. Go watch his podcast. Give me $20. I think he's on with your plan here, Josh. Uh, uh, reduce the problem by one, which is a Hoppe reference for anyone who doesn't get it. A great philosopher, political philosopher. You guys should all check him out. Uh, 538 times. I believe that's the amount of politicians that are in, uh, in, in Washington. Congress, yeah. <laughs> or Congress or whatever, which, uh, yeah, I mean uh, – I mean, I, I'm not saying do it, but I mean, if you do, that's fucking dope. But <laughs> I mean, I'll, well, I'm, I'll a, I'm, a, I'm not I'm not advocating it for it one way or another. I'm actually shocked it hasn't happened yet. I'm, yeah. I'm really shocked that we haven't started to see that kind of stuff happen in the United States. It kind of just goes to show you how pussy we are as a country. Yeah, I do want to respond to this real quick. If you would like to fucking pay my bills, you're welcome to. You can uh, 
I no way or patreon.com says no way Jose 2020. If you want to drop like $500 there, that would be all I would need. If you guys want to do that, go for it. I don't give a shit. I'm not even begging for money, by the way. I'm just saying, uh, you know, this is stupid. Uh, fucking, I, I've told many times I'm an egoist. So like, which anyone who understands this line of philosophy, my ultimate principles myself, and then it extends out from there, my family and it like eccentric circles out from there. So you know, my community, etc. And so what's best for me and my family is having a fucking job that takes care of my medical bills for my wife, who's an epileptic. So eat a dick. Uh, if you would like yeah. to give me money, go for it. I don't give a shit. I, I like, this is stupid. Like it really is like this whole do, do not comply stuff. I'm all for it. If I think if you can, you should, that's the asterisk there. Well, but that's I, the other thing. Like, that, yeah, that's the other go. thing that bothers me about the right is they want to tell everybody to don't comply. Don't comply. Well, who's going to employ all these people if they don't comply? Are you going to give them all jobs? You know, are there hospitals in Florida that are going, if you got fired in New York, come down here, we'll hire you. I'm not seeing that. And that's also my gripe with the right is like, you want to, you want to talk that there's this, that we can take care of each other ourselves in our society, right? That we don't need universal health care. We don't need these other things. We can take care of each other. Where the fuck are you? Where are you whenever all these nurses and doctors and shit are getting fired in New York, healthcare administrators, where are the States that are not complying, stepping up and going, send them, come down here. We'll find a job for you. Like that's how this shit changes, but you can't like, you can't tell a guy to fight the power and then not offer him any fucking support. It's yeah. like, and that's the harsh reality. Part of the problem with conservatism and libertarianism to some regard is the ideology itself. We are such individualists that we do a very shit job of having each other's backs when it matters. And so everybody's working in silos. A great example. People go, why can't we just have one conservative Twitter that's as good as Twitter? Why, why do we have to have 10 well, because instead of putting their fucking heads together, everybody's trying to compete with one another and, and try to keep all the money for themselves. And so rather than going to the guy who's doing it somewhat and saying, I'd like to help you make your thing better, they go, fuck him, I'll make my own and I'll make it better. And then what you have is a bunch of like, it, you go back to like uh, the Revolutionary War. Like, why did we get our ass kicked so hard in the beginning before the fucking French agreed to help us out? Because we had a bunch of fucking jerk offs running around in groups of five and 10, trying to fight armies that were the size of hundreds. And, you know, if we had only organized and band together in numbers faster, we probably would have had a better start to that war. Um, but, you know, that is unfortunately part of the problem with an individualistic ideology is everyone thinks they can do it better than the next guy. Nobody wants to work together. Yeah, the individualist, collectivist, binary is silly. Binaries in general are silly. Like, and I, I, I am actually, like I said, I'm an egoist, which is like, uh, I mean, I don't know if you understand what egoism is, but for those who understand, it's like the ultimate uh, form of individualism. Like I, to the nth degree, but like I took that and reductio ad absurdum, that shit. And, but even then I understand that it's not this like perfect binary that we work together. It's, it's good for the individual to work amongst each other. It is like, we get so caught up in this silly binary, like, well, I'm an individual. And, and it's, and that's one of the things I think is actually a drawback of like Ayn Rand and shit like that. Yes. We get so hyper individualism. Yes. It's like this idea that community no longer exists. And it's like, no, no, you should have communities. Uh, that's far different from the far other way concept of globalism that we're all one world and one people, which is fucking insane and impossible. But the idea that, you know, should you and your family uh, be a part of a community, whether that be your church or your extended family or your neighbors or whatever that is, I mean, communities are important. Um, ideologies and cults are bad. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat said I'm begging for money. I'm literally not. I was only letting you guys know this situation so I don't feel like a hypocrite because I will shit. Isn't that, isn't that so yeah. hilarious how that like <laughs> you just go, hey, here's the reality of my financial situation. And they go, oh, now you're looking for a handout. It's like, fuck you. I'm explaining to you the reality of my situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't legitimately think you guys are all going to band together right. and drop like like they really would be like 500 bucks on my Patreon, like a monthly, that would be all I would need to be able to cover the, probably the medical costs of like insurance, like private insurance. That's probably yeah. really the only thing I need, but I don't think that's actually going to happen. I'm just letting you guys know the reality. I'm letting you know the situation. So I don't feel like a hypocrite and everyone, when I'm so anti-vax and like, I have it. So yeah. I'm still against, not anti-vax, but against the mandates and shit. I'm still going to be against it. Whether I'm the same person, whether I get jabbed or not, like I yeah. like it's, it doesn't make a difference. Hey, and listen. someone also said the black market, and I get it. I'm an agorist. I very like for those who understand. I also am an agorist. I completely get it. But there is a certain. It's a not like I said. It's not a binary. Like the, me being an agorist. Like counter economics is what got me out of the military to where I could afford to get out of the military because I have my side gigs going on. But there's a fucking limit and there's a reality of the situation to where it's like at some point it's like. All right. And hopefully if this had happened six months or a year down the road and more of my counter economic activities had paid off, I could be able to do this. But right now I have fucking wife, kids. I have bills to be paid, mouths to feed, eat a dick. <laughs> Dude, I have currently I have at the beginning of the month I was on a podcast. I said this. I, I have like seven different sources of income. I now have nine uh, yeah. after this month. I've had nine different sources, monthly sources of income from podcast revenue to streaming uh, money to um some uh advertising money i get for uh doing like influencer stuff uh i have so many different streams uh stand up which i haven't done any of this month uh so there's no money coming in from that but it's like i have all those different streams of income i have my show on censored tv not a single one of them gives me health care benefits so my insurance has to be paid entirely out of pocket and it's like that's an it's a tremendous what? amount of uh it's a tremendous expense man it's a tremendous yeah. expense. And that's what it's so funny is like, uh, you know, you, you'll see some people in the chat talk about the fact that I used to drive Uber. I haven't since the start of the pandemic, but it's, but now it's that they've, peasant. now that they've changed <laughs> shit to where if you work a certain number of hours a week, they give you healthcare. It, I, I almost am looking at it. Like maybe I should go back to do that. So at least my healthcare is paid for. Yeah. It blows so. my mind. Anyone ever give you shit for that. Like, even if you were some like rich and famous shit, it'd be like, we were talking about pre that like, Say I magically ever got to the point where people paid me enough to be able to get by on podcasting, I still would probably have some sort of real job because it's like I gotta fucking do something. I'm gonna be bored on my mind. I can't hang out with my wife and kids that much. I mean, I like them, but Jesus fucking Christ, I have a part time job or something. I can't be cooped up in the house all the fucking time. Yeah, I think you know? it's important. I think I think the pandemic taught everybody like diversify your portfolio. Yep. You know, and so it actually made me work more on solidifying the the revenue coming in from a lot of these other sort of small things. But you'd be amazed at how quickly, like, I had all these other things that I would make like 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month from. And just by doubling my efforts on a lot of those things and doubling the revenue, now if you're getting 200 bucks from 10 different places at the end of the month, you go, fuck, that's my rent. So now my mm -hmm. rent's paid from all this podcasting and streaming and um, tweets and whatever else I do that makes that used to make a little bit of money. I just said, how can I get this from 50 to 100 or 100 to 200? And then next thing you know, you got some significant bills paid. And then you, you try to grow it from there. How do I get it from 200 to 300? How do I get it from 300 to 500? And then you're at a point where all those things are not only covering your costs, but now you're actually being able to save money or reinvest it. And then so you go, okay, 
Um, I'm making this off my podcast. If I reinvest 50 of that 200, it makes me every month into marketing and advertising. How, how much more exponential can I grow that? How, how much faster can I grow that stuff? So, but it's a process and it takes money to make money. And so, you know, it's, it's, what's so funny to me when people are like, oh, you got to do all these different things to make ends meet. It's like, well, yeah. Cause you need money to help your other shit grow, you know? Yeah. So no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's six months or a year from now, my situation would be different. Cause I do, I am the same way. I have a fuckload of different streams. I have like multiple jobs. I have different stuff going on. And it's like, you know, as these things build, one pays off, one maybe dies down. And it's, it, I think I'd be in a different situation. If this is like a year from now. You know what I mean? So, you know, but right now this is a situation and they fucking kicked it off now and it is what it is. So here we are. So. Yeah. And the benefit, like one of the, be like when the pandemic started in the fucking in LA, like everything, it was a ghost town, dude. So like you'd go out, let's say I'd go out and drive Uber and I'd make like a couple hundred bucks in six to eight hours. Not bad money. And, uh, and then it got to a point where like when the fucking pandemic hit, everybody was like shut in and not going to work or anything. I would go out and I would get like a ride, one ride in two hours. So you go out for like a full day and you make you come home, you make like $70. I was like, dude, I can't live like this. And fortunately, they came through with like the pandemic unemployment assistance and everything else. But rather than sit on my ass and do nothing, I was like, okay, now how can I start to focus on these other streams of income and get them a little bit bigger and a little bit more every month and put more effort into these things? And then it got to a point now where it's like a few of these things are paying most of my bills every month. And then I have the freedom to kind of go out and go, okay, what else? What else can I accumulate? How else can I make money? Um, you know, it's sort of like we almost live in a time now where you have to figure out, like, is there a way to monetize this part of my existence? So it's like a great example is I, I love playing poker. And I was like, can I make money playing online poker, even if it's a little bit every time I play? And does that diversify my uh, portfolio? And does that add a layer to my portfolio? So that's the only thing I would recommend to you is aside from podcasting and this other stuff. Look at other things, even things that you like that are hobbies and go, is there a way I can monetize this? Like, imagine you like to go shooting. Hey, can I go work at the shooting range for a day a week and then not ever pay for when I go shooting or also generate some revenue from the time I go shooting? Or maybe I go instruct people or whatever. But I think the pandemic forced a lot of people to look at their lives and say, how can I turn this passion of mine into revenue? And then th that's actually why a lot of these companies are having trouble getting people coming back to work because some people were really good at that. And some people were like, not only did I find out that I can make money at this thing I'm passionate about, but I'm making more at this than I was at the job. So I'm not going back to that shit. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, hell, this podcast for me was born out of the, the, the pandemic. Like, uh, or not the pandemic, whatever, the fucking lockdowns, really. Not so much the fucking pandemic. Or, or not that we ever really fucking had one. But like, I guess if you define it as a worldwide thing, sure. But uh, yes, I, this is, that was one thing I learned from 2020 is that like, yeah, you need to diversify your shit. You need to try to start, you know, doing different things like, yeah. Um, but what the fuck? If he has all the instant income streams, why ask for 500? I don't know why I'm keep reading this, but anyways, the only reason I said that is just the first number that came to mind. Cause that would be roughly probably enough to cover my wife and my kids for medical insurance. But I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't give me money. I don't give a shit, dude. So whatever. But yeah, and also they're <laughs> conflating what I'm saying to what you said. They're thinking I'm yeah. talking about all these income streams and then they're comparing it to you asking for $500. We're two different yeah. people, dumb dick. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I mean, 
I only said that just because I knew everyone was going to get all gay that I said that. And it's like, if you want to, go for it. But yeah. I know no one's going to. I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying, if you're going to bitch about it, then fucking do something. Well, so. and the reality is so many of the people that are pro-vaccine mandate, not even pro-vaccine, but pro-mandate, are the people that had to go out and do it in the first place because everyone they work with demanded they do it, even before there was a mandate. They were just like, well, no one in our office is going to be unvaccinated, so you better get fucking vaccinated. And they were like, well, I don't want to have a hard time at work so i'll just go do it i don't care so and then now they feel stupid when they find out that there's really no fucking medical point to it and uh now they want everybody else to have to do it and feel stupid like they feel stupid yeah uh all right so what has 2020 taught you and then we'll probably finish out on there because my wife keeps fucking giving me shitty eyes from across the room like let's go uh, <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's basically it diversify yeah. um you know and and find your community wherever it is and uh and really get your arms around those people you know whether that be your family your extended family you know people that live in your fucking apartment building um it's just about you know understanding that we all need some kind of community in our lives beyond our, ourselves as individuals and then finding the one that fits you the best and then doing as much as you can for those people and with those people and i think if we create a country where everyone's kind of in that world focused on those things will be in a much better place than one that has to rely on the government for everything. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, that is, I, in some ways I'm actually super glad for this past like year or two, because a lot has for me personally been born out of those positive. I've done a lot more different things. I've become more, um, not studious, but more, uh, productive. I've also become, I've created a community. I've had a community with people that I like and shit like that. So like, yeah, I mean, I've met people online and this has kind of brought us together and we're starting to slowly meet in person and yeah, it's, it's been really great. So, uh, with that, if you want to go ahead and drop your plugs and we'll, we'll fucking kill it from there probably. Yeah, man. People can, uh, people can find me at Josh I'm Josh Denny on all social media, except Facebook where I'm Josh Denny official. Um, if people want to support what I do, they can go to Josh You can get all my exclusive. That's sort of like Patreon, but it's a, a different company. Um, <clears throat> people can go get all the bonus stuff from my podcast, the Jankum podcast there. They can subscribe to Jankum everywhere. Podcasts are, uh, you know, available. And then uh, the talking shit bonus show for Jankum is on my locals page, joshdenny.locals.com. And then check out my show on Censored TV uh, next week tonight where we kind of make fun of new shows. Yeah, uh, well, I really appreciate you having on. We'll definitely have to do this again. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. I'm, I'm also on all the major audio uh, podcasts. I'm on Odyssey. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Galley San Jose. Uh, if you want to give me money, I'm or, or don't, I really don't give a shit. Patreon.com just no way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I'm gonna run an ad. You guys should definitely check that out. I'm awful at fucking ad reads, but you guys should definitely go check these out. We were talking about supporting, you know, liberty-minded people. These guys definitely do that. And if this is your thing, it's a fantasy football thing, you guys should definitely do it. Stick around, Josh. We'll talk after and post a little bit. Sounds so, good. All right. Bye. If you love playing fantasy football but struggle to find the right resource to help with your research, the guys at Football Insider Edge have you covered. Whether you are a season-long player, focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests, or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games, Football Insider Edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level. With their proprietary model, matchup charts, and industry award-winning content the team at football insider edge have devoted themselves to educating their subscribers 
helping them improve their play in a few special moments, winning life-changing money. They are proud of the community they've built through weekly interaction on their Slack chat channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of the show and of the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code JOSE at checkout to take advantage of the discount offer today. So if you guys are fantasy football people, go check this out. It's a win-win-win. I win, you win, they win. There's no loss here. It's fucking capitalism, baby. Let's do it.